Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again is Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Joe, I'm doing great, man. Ready to uh, we're we're in playoff mode here. We had some great games yesterday. Uh, my guys got out on the field. Uh, it you know, like we've been saying, it went by so fast, but now we're in it, and it, it feels great. Yeah, it is. It is playoff time. It certainly felt like playoff time on Monday. Uh, and, and I just want to, you know, let everyone know, um, relax. You, you did not lose a day. Uh, it really is just Wednesday. Now, that as you're listening to this, we're just a, we're a day early on you here. That's uh, because our, uh, our schedule for the next two weeks is changing a little bit. Of course, uh, obviously today a day early. Next week, uh, we're actually going to bring you two podcasts. Uh, one will be posted on Tuesday to get you ready for the boys' semis and the girls' finals. And then we're going to post another one on Friday to preview the boys' finals. And then the following week, we'll be back to Thursdays, and that's where we'll be for the final three shows of the year. Uh, of course, as always, you can send us uh, questions and feedback by uh, shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Or if you prefer Facebook, uh, you can do that. Uh, Instagram, that works as well, too. Uh, if you want to mail a letter, uh, you might have to dig a little bit deeper because I'm don't really want to give my address out on the uh, <laughs> over the podcast here, but uh, it's it's been done before. I've gotten letters before, uh, and they've been interesting. So many many ways to reach us, and uh, and and yeah, and that's that'll be our schedule for the uh, the upcoming uh, couple or for the rest of the rest of June, I guess. I think you, you encourage fans to come up to you after the games, right? On the <laughs> sidelines, there. You, you, yeah, Absolutely. You're, you're no, you know, you know, if you have, if you have, I mean. You know, if you're coming up to just like you know throw a water bottle at me or something, yeah, I'd prefer you didn't do that. Um, but but you know, if you if you want to come up and and you know if you you want to, I, I certainly appreciate anyone that wants to come up and and say we're doing a good job because we of course we like to hear that and I and I do hear that uh, from time to time and that is greatly appreciated. I, I'm sorry, Chris, I don't usually pass those along to you, but but people do tell me that we do a good job. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we'll try. You know, um, and if if you want to come up and tell me that that you think we're terrible too, I mean, I'll you know I I'll take any kind of feedback, you know, just because then that way, you know, if you you want to tell us what we're doing wrong, then then we can work on the on improving it. Then and that just makes us all better. There you go. Right, man. So, uh, you know, we had we had high school playoffs there, but we had a little bit of an appetizer this weekend with the FCAs yes. here. We had some we had some excellent excellent games to get to to whet our appetites for the upcoming NHIA playoffs here. Um, did you get to watch many? I know, uh, you know, we had, we started off with the D1s on Saturday that did, we had Virginia and North Carolina in a great game. And then we had, uh, Duke and, and Maryland play in the game yeah. after there. Did you get to see either one of those I watched, games? I watched a little bit more of the, uh, the Virginia UNC game, uh, which was, um, I mean, you could, you could almost feel the script for that one being written. Uh, and, and what a bit of foreshadowing there too, um, for the championship game in a way, uh, just, you know, given the way those two games ended, you know, and, and cause I mean, what was Virginia was up, what they were up five goals in the going into the fourth quarter, uh, against UNC. They, they came out. Yeah. They came out and they were just on fire. They were unstoppable. And, uh, you know, North Carolina slowly, they made some adjustments at halftime. I was almost, I almost was screaming through the, through the television that they needed to switch goalies, but they, they stuck with it. They stuck with their guy and, uh, you know, it, it did pay off in the second half. They settled yeah. in and they, uh, you know, typical, they, they rode hard all game. I mean, that's been a staple of North Carolina all season. They've, they had a tremendous ride and, 
you know, I, I, I talk with some of my friends uh, overseas that, that coach in Germany and Scotland and other places. And, uh, you know, they're all at what, what ride are they doing? I said, you know, what? It, it doesn't matter. They are running a 10 man and they do it really well but it's because they've got amazing athletes that just yeah. don't quit yeah. the entire game. Their attack, their attack rides. It's one of the hardest riding teams I've ever seen. Um, you know, but they, they did, they came up a little bit short, had a great opportunity at the end of the game. Um, you know, they, they, they sort of drew up a sort of a, a, a one for one and they, they set some wing picks and they came up, but there just really wasn't anything there. I mean, Virginia hedged it so well and uh, you know, they didn't, I'm trying to remember, was there about, I want to say there was about 15 seconds left yeah, and Virginia that. didn't even let them get a shot off. No, they didn't even get it. That was some, some tremendous defense. Um, yeah. And I, I remember thinking that as you know, right after it happened is, Oh, how do you not get a shot? But I mean, they watching it again, like they, there just was no opportunity for it. Um, you know, they had, they had designed, they had designed a nice little on ball on ball pick to try and free up the ball carrier to get his hands free. And maybe, you know, if they don't slide correctly, he's able to get over the top and get a good shot. But I was really impressed with the rest of the team defense of Virginia and how they just, there was nothing off ball. There were guys moving, but that just Virginia was in the, in a right spot and they did enough to get on the ball carrier's hands that they, they weren't able to get a good feed off. They did try and jam one in the crease at the end. Um, but they, they, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't a great look. And so, you know, incredible defense from Virginia. Um, you know, we talked about our, our, our friend Zach Tucci all season. He had a, he had a good day at the X and yeah. went 50, went 50% on the day. Um, didn't make the box score, but you know, did what he could to, uh, to try and keep them in the game and, and battle back there. Um, so, you know, sad that, uh, that Brian and Zach didn't get a chance to play for the championship, but they, they've got a nice team and a good core of guys coming back. So I don't think it's going to be their last. I think there's going to be a lot more winning in their future. Absolutely. Coming yeah. Up there. yeah. They, so. they look like they've got a nice group coming back. You know, the, the other game, I, I watched the start of it and then had some things to, to do. Um, and then as Maryland kept piling on there, I just, I kind of, you know, I checked back in and then, oh, okay, well, this, this game looked like it's kind of over and, and, uh, and and checked out on Saturday, uh, but just what a what a dominating win by Maryland. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I didn't. I didn't either. I mean, again, uh, you know, a tremendous game plan defensively. I mean, they held they held Michael Sowers to, to two points, to two goals on the day. Um, Brendan O'Neill, you know, the, the talented freshman there, only had a goal on the day. Um, you know, and I I thought you know even though they lost in the championship, I still think you know. Jared Bernhardt just consistently all season, he had seven, seven points in that game, you know, all year long, he kind of showed up and, and people were kind of like, you know, we think he's the best player in the country, but you know, they're playing a big 10 schedule. Right. Is it really that difficult? Um, you know, I, I think these guys showed, even though they lost in the championship, they, they showed that they were for real. And, and that was a, that was a really, really talented team. And, you know, that championship game was a lot of fun too. Yeah. You, um, you, you mentioned, oh, sorry, I want to just before, go for it. before yeah. we, get too far away you, you mentioned them the schedule they played and of course they played what no out of conference games until until the tournament um right. because that's what the big 10 was doing this year and i i saw you know some people saying oh there goes their undefeated season and they mentioned it a couple times in the broadcast but i mean do you do you feel like that was really like uh i mean would it have been an undefeated season with an asterisk with it if if they had actually won i i kind of i kind of felt that i mean i know it's tough to go undefeated but if you're only you're you're playing, you know, so many of this, you're not playing a full schedule, I guess, is what I'm, I'm getting at. You know, what, though, because I thought I wonder I, I actually I actually think it might have been even more because if most of the time. Right. You're out of conference schedule. Uh -huh. You're going to schedule some games that 
you know, you're probably not going to schedule other ACC teams, right? You're going to schedule, you're going to schedule some games that maybe, you know, you know, you've got an opportunity to kind of tune up in so that before you play a Rutgers or before you play an Ohio state or a John Hopkins, you know, you get a little bit of a breather there and your guys get some rest. You know, I, even though people were kind of poo-pooing the, the big 10 this year, you're playing, you're playing league game after league game every single week. So I, I don't know. I can go either way. I can go either way with it. I, I think if they had gone undefeated, I, I think you still got to give them a lot of credit. It is incredibly hard to win and, and to do that every single week going up against pretty top-notch competition. Um, you know, it's, that's impressive to me, you know? So um, I, I, I think if they had, if they had gone the whole route, I don't, I, I wouldn't have put an asterisk with them, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a, a really special season. It, it, it just felt like something to me that, that was maybe of all the things that were getting talked about, it was maybe like fourth or fifth on the list. Like it did like, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't mentioned, I, I guess maybe as much, maybe therefore it didn't feel like it was as, as big of a deal as maybe if it happened in a, you know, next year. You know, you know so. I felt like, I felt like a little bit like the, the ACC schedule might've actually, you know, worn out, like gave Maryland some, some light, like a little bit more ability to play to go further in this tournament and look as dominant as they did because you know even though you still had three ACC teams make the finals you end up with a with a Virginia team that was arguably along with you know they, they lost to Syracuse twice this year you know that it was just a meat grinder conference right. where you know every week all those teams were beating each other up and you have to wonder at the end you know where what was Duke tired was North Carolina tired Did they just not have you know they, from week after week and the fact that North Carolina and Virginia know each other so well, you know, did that kind of hurt them a little bit too? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the end, we got a great final. You know, we had a chance. Maryland had a chance to, you know, they win the faceoff, come down, and, and had a chance in the final seconds there to win. Um, you, you can't ask for a much better, uh, much better. The medicine game delivers again, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you need uh, something to come out of the pandemic and feel good about yeah. Yeah. That was about as good a weekend of lacrosse as you could get. Absolutely. And we haven't even talked about the D2 and D3 games. Right, yet. Or, or the women's game, for that matter. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, just, you, again, you could feel it. You could feel that it coming down to, like, the, the end there, I thought. You know, especially when, you know, for, for a moment there, I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, Maryland still needed two goals to tie it. And I'm thinking, oh, I think there was, what, 20-something seconds left. You know, is that enough time? And then they get the, the one to make it a one-goal game. And I mean, you, you couldn't have drawn that up for them any better to, to win the face off forward like that and then just have the open lane. Um, I mean, and, and what a, what a, you know, I know that I know the shot hit. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The Virginia goalie right in his right in the chest. But I mean, it's still that's a that's a there isn't more of a pressure packed situation than that, I would say. Yeah, I, Alex, Alex, Rose, thank you. Yeah, you're looking for it. And. You know, I, a lot of people were saying after the game, you know, he should have passed it. There was a guy over. It's like, you know what? No, man. Like, no. he had the lane. And I got to tell you, as a goalie, it is difficult to read face-off guys. Like, half the time, the face-off guys don't know where the ball's coming out of your <laughs> stick. You know what? Like, I have no problem with him taking that yeah, shot. I, yeah. I think it was the right shot. I think, you know, um, you know, they, they had an opportunity. You know, he, he gets second guessed, but you know what? You take that shot and you hit it, you're the hero. You know, I, I think I think he, he could have he's needed to take that shot. Yeah. So I, you have, I have no problem with it. I think I think people might question that. Um, you know, because you had Bernhardt on the, the one to his uh, I believe it was to his right. And um but if you watch the replay, he's kinda trailing him. So to try to it, turn, it would have been a difficult yeah, path. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then you then you risk throwing the ball away and then, yeah, the shot I think is is probably the only play that, that worked there. 
the view I saw, it looked like, you know, the, 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 I think what people were talking, it looked like there was a, there was a, a passing lane available to one of the down low attackmen yeah. and it would have been like, but, to, but you could have thrown that and the defenseman tips it or, or it's just, it would have had to be perfect. And that, to me that the high percentage play was the one they took. He shot the ball and you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a great shot, yeah, you know, yeah. and that happens, but, uh, um, great, crazy to think too. Um, tied for the highest scoring uh, championship game in history, uh, 33 goals, two other games, uh, the Maryland's 75 title and uh, Syracuse title in uh, 83. Uh, both uh, also had 33 goals. I, I just, I mean, the the pace that they were playing at early on too, I mean, it just, it, it you know, uh, it, it felt like they could have gone, you know, they could have kept going. Um, it, you could have. Could you imagine if that game had been on like, what, oh, who, yeah. who, who, what casual fan or what casual person that doesn't really know lacrosse, if that had been on NBC or ABC right. or CBS, who, who turns into that and be like, nah, I don't think I want to play I this know, sport. I know. This is boring. <laughs> you know, like I, I just, I can only imagine if, if, you, if that, had, and again, you know, being on, uh, what was it on ESPN two? ESPN two. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, so most households probably got it, but if, if that had been on a primetime station during the, during the day when people are just flipping right. through, there, there's no way you turn that off. You know, that was, that was an unbelievable showcase for our sport. So it, it's great that that got out there. Um, we, you, you know, know I think the other thing. Oh, go for it. Say, in, in regards to TV, you know, what's frustrating, too, is is the game being. So I, you know, uh, with, you know, getting all these different streaming services ended up with uh, with the ESPN Plus uh, over this the last year. And um, with that, you aren't able to watch ESPN2 or ESPNU. You need a you need a, an actual cable account to watch those so that's another uh, thing that really you know after being able to watch so much of the season uh you know through the streaming service then all of a sudden you get to the end and if if you don't have cable you, you know well too bad uh that that was a little frustrating really frustrating yeah i hope i hope too many other people didn't find themselves in that situation yeah. Uh, yeah. but what i was gonna say is uh you know if, if for for our high school and younger listeners out there you know, if they got a chance to see, I, I, I was so impressed with Connor Schellenberger, the, the freshman from Virginia there. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. all season long, you know, coming into the season, you know, he was one of the best recruits in the country, but you know, he just got consistently better uh, day, week in and week out, everything, you know, and culminates off with a, with a six point performance uh, in the championship game. I mean, you can't draw it up much better for a, for a freshman than that. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if, if our younger listeners out there are looking for a player to emulate, I mean, that, that's a guy that, you know, can um, got it done all over the field. So we'll, we'll definitely one to watch there and keep an eye on for the next couple of years. Amazing to think, you know, he, what did he end up for them this year? He, he led the team in scoring. He had 37 goals, 42 assists, 79 points on the season there. And, and as a freshman, that's, so yeah, pretty, that's, um, pretty that's unbelievable. Remarkable, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, before we, uh, before we move on to, to some of the other games, I do want to mention too, do you think, do you think anyone down at, uh, down at Bryant is talking about, uh, the fact that they had the now, uh, you know, two time champs, uh, on the ropes there in the, in that fourth quarter, uh, in, in their, uh, in their playoff game. Hey, that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be some pretty good motivation, I think for next year. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then taking a look. So, uh, you know, in the uh, earlier on Sunday, uh, we had we had Lemoyne play. Uh, they they capped off their their I think it's their sixth uh, undefeated undefeated season mm-hmm. uh, with a with a 12-6 win over Lenore Ryan. Um, you know, again, really entertaining game there. That one was close for a long time. 
And then, uh, you know, they pulled away in the second half there. Being an upstate guy, you know, I'm always pulling, I'm always pulling for Lemoyne. Enjoyed seeing them win there. And, uh, you know, also, you know, good any 10, good any 10 opponent that, uh, you know, um, St. Anselm had, you know, they played them tough this year. So yeah. again, St. Anselm should feel good about the, the direction of their program and where they're headed right and, now. Uh, don't we, don't we have a, a, a local, uh, senior that's heading there, uh, following his, yes, uh, Mr. His Sa- yeah. Mr. Savage from, uh, from Timberland there going to step in. I think, I think he's got an opportunity to play pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's arguably in the running. We're going to have our all-state meetings coming up soon, and and I don't know too many defensemen this year that that had the season he had. I think he might be in in discussion for uh, defensive player of the year this year. So, uh, you know, uh, can't wait to see him suiting up in uh, in the, in the green and white for coming up pretty soon. Yeah, so that's uh, that's exciting to be to be jumping into a team that's uh, that, that's coming off a championship. Uh, in the mix every year for a title. That's yeah. that's what they measure. You know, they don't they don't measure in, uh, in in any ten championships. They measure in uh, national titles out there. That's the bar they've set. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, the, I didn't see, uh, unfortunately, didn't see any of it. But the uh, the D three game, <laughs> I mean, you can't get um, you know better than than two overtimes in a championship game. One overtime wasn't enough. They wanted to keep <laughs> playing. You know, and. Uh, you know, it was it was funny. I was at uh, where was I? I? I had something going on and I didn't get to see the end till later. And I had my phone was blowing up about you know the last play and the inbounds play and everything. And the more I've looked at it, I'm not so sure it was really an inbounds play. More is just like there were two guys cutting. The feeder made an amazing spot feed basically to an area. The mm-hmm. guy caught it and and just had the presence of mind to be able to to be able to flip it in really quickly. Um, you know, just in, incredible incredible timing and just composure to be able to look that ball in and get it past the goalie there. Um, just a great, you know, it looked like it was head, looked like it was headed to another overtime at that point, you know, before that. Lot, oh. you know, so many overtimes. I mean, we, we got some more overtime to talk to, talk about later in the show, but uh, got to love That's playoff what I'm saying. overtime. I, I hope people tuned in this weekend because it, it could not have been a better showcase yeah. for our sport and a better way to, uh, to show the, you know, networks and, you know, that look, they, they need to put lacrosse more on, on television. It's a great sport, and then people will tune in to watch it. So, yeah. um, absolutely. You know, before we leave, you know, just uh, I was I was thrilled for for RIT again, Upstate New York school. Uh, head coach Jake Kuhn. I played with Jake in high school. Uh, he, he was a Tully, New York uh, goaltender. Went to Nazareth, had a great career there, and then I had a, a stint with him with uh, when he was on the Boston Cannons too, and was always a great friend. And uh, very happy to see them finally finally uh, get the uh, the championship they deserve there. They've been putting together. Man, growing up, if you had told me that RIT was going to be a national title contender, I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> like that is a, that's an unbelievable recruiting job there. I know yeah. they they've started to add majors and it's it's more of a school, but you know, growing up, that was a school you went to like if you wanted to be a tech nerd, right? And not to right. be not to be crude about it, but like that was you know they were they had a lot of guys that <laughs> that wanted to go there for you know computer science and to be an engineer and things like that. And uh, the fact that they they've turned it into a place, you know a desirable school for, for lacrosse players to go to is unbelievable. Yeah. I absolutely had to do a, to a double take on that when I, you know, you know, um, when I saw that it was RIT, I'm like, is it like that RIT? Really? It's that RIT. Hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. So that, uh, that wraps up the, the men's side, um, you know, and, and just, uh, already kind of, you know, excited, excited for, for what comes next year. You know, like we said, with given with, you know, some of the local guys uh, that are, are going to be going on and the ones that are returning. Um, 
the uh, the women's side of things uh, was just D1 this past weekend. Um, you know, the other two divisions had decided their champions the week before. And um, you had one game – well, you, both games you had uh, upsets. Um, but on the one side, you had Boston College uh, squeaking out an 11-10 win over, uh, over North Carolina, um, you know, which, you know, great to see um, see Boston College. And, they of course, they went on to win uh, the final against Syracuse, Syracuse beating uh, Northwestern 21-13 in the other semi. Um, I think Northwestern was, what, undefeated going into that game. So, so kind of, a, you know, yeah, like I said, an upset there. And then uh, BC, I think this is what their fourth year in a row in the final, uh, and they were able to get a sixteen to ten win over Syracuse. Almost and, seemed like a team of destiny. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's it, it was I and I did I did get a chance to watch uh, uh, pieces of this game, um, you know, while I was uh, actually at the other job, um, and the one thing that I I was really frustrated by. Uh, and I know you and I have talked about this a couple times, uh, going back to, uh, especially the the D three girls final in 2019 between uh, between Derryfield and Hopkinton. You know, you, you had um, excuse me, Syracuse's uh, Emma Tyrell, who's been one of their top players all year. Uh, she's basically thrown out of the game with 11:13 left in the first half for picking up huge uh, huge turning point of that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she got two yellow cards. Um, you know, in the first half, in the first, what is it? Little, little less than 15 minutes. Um, and now she's done for the game. And, uh, what is it? The, the, I'm forgetting how many, how many do you get? Is it three that you get it and you go down a player for the rest of the game or is it four? I, I don't, uh, remember. I, don't rem- I don't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, just the fact that, you know, losing Emma Tyrell and, and most people, you know, I don't know the casual listener might not know, but Syracuse. Also had two of their right. two of their better players go down with I think with ACLs this year yeah, too. Yeah, two two um, injuries so during the year too. Yeah, scary scary to think about how good that team could have been if if you know and and they still were almost capable of winning a championship this year. But you, I mean, watching the second half of that game, you could just see, I mean, Syracuse was just gassed by the time they got. They couldn't do anything to slow BC down. Uh, it was yeah. nine eight at halftime. Uh, the six sixteen ten was the final, and and honestly, I don't. I mean. If you'd have told me it was twenty-two to ten, I'd I'd have believed that because, I mean, they were BC was just doing whatever they wanted uh, in the second half of that game, and you know what I I, you know, all things were equal. They probably BC I think wins that game, anyways. It's just a little bit closer, um, but I man, I really really hate to see that, and and something on something you know, I I get, I get that that obviously it's a different, you know. It's called a different way than the men's game. It's played a lot differently than the men's game, but it just it you know to to think that there's going to be no contact or no physical play in in a sport like lacrosse. It just doesn't. I I know maybe that's the way it's it's been, but I think this maybe kind of needs to evolve a little bit here. Um, you know, and, or or maybe just make it make it four yellow cards or five yellow cards. I mean, what were we we were talking beforehand. That on the on the the guy side, you you have to get what five minutes of penalties and then you're out, um, which is really tough to do. If you <laughs> it's it's really difficult to do, you know. And with the way that you know the stick technology has changed in the girls' game and the way that the the movement of the ball and the things that you can do now, it's almost lending itself to a faster paced game where you're going to have more physicality. Just even if you're not trying to play that way, it's just naturally occurring. 
And, you know, I think also, I mean, part of it is I, I, I blame the refs a little bit too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, you, you have to, in that situation, knowing how big of a moment that is, I, I think you got it. You got to swallow, you know, is it, is it swallow the, the card? I don't know how you, what, what kind swallow, of phrase you want to use. Swallow the whistle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Swallow the whistle, put the, put the know, card like, away. Yeah. Put the card, hide the card. You know, you got to, you got to do something, you know, call it, call it, put, call a foul, you know, but don't, but don't give the card. Yeah. You know, right. and so, I, you know, I just, I, like you said, it, it kind of ruins, you know, a, a, what still was a great game, but, it, but you, you know, as you mentioned in that, in that 23rd or in that 20, uh, 2019 championship and the D3 championship there, you know, it nearly, it nearly cost Hopkinson a, a championship right. there, yeah. you know, it made, yeah. made things a lot more difficult and a lot more interesting than uh, possibly it needed to be. You know, and, so. and, and from, from my understanding too, it was, you know, well, y- you have so many different officials and then you, 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 have other ones that do the playoffs and get, you know things that may be called some some way in April you know then aren't called the same way in right. June and and that's that's another thing too that that makes it tough when you know when you're you're maybe not used to a way the way a ref is calling something or is going to call something it's a little bit like basketball in a sense you know you have to adjust to to the way the refs are going to call it yeah you know, I mean could you imagine um you know basketball if you got two fouls you were out of the game yeah. I mean, there's some some players pick those up, you know, in in big games in, in two minutes. I I just it's I don't like it. I I don't think that it's that that should be happening, especially in a game of that magnitude. Uh, and and hopefully, I don't know. I I I don't anticipate that it's going to change, but I really hope that it does. Yep. Well, you know, it's it that'll lead us into a little bit of you know what what what's going on on the high school side here and, and what we can talk about you know coming up. But that's that's what I always tell my guys is that you know you just you, you feel out that you, you get a feel for the refs in the first five minutes of the game and you have to kind of adjust whether you like it or not. You know that that's the way it's going to be for that game and you have to kind of adjust to the way the refs calling it. It can be frustrating, but you got to have your team needs your team and game needs to be flexible enough to to be able to adapt to that. You know you have to have styles where if they're going to allow you to play aggressive, well, then you got to match it because the other team's going to play aggressive, right? And if they're if you're playing, you know, where the refs are calling it a little bit tighter, then you've got to be able to adjust your game to to play that way too. So, um, but still, in a national championship game, I I just can't, you know, yeah. you, you've got to at least, you know, give them a warning. Do and maybe they did, you know, we don't know the conversations that took no, place on the true. field, yeah. but you know that maybe those side conversations happened, you know. But I I would I would hope that. Uh, you know, in the future, that doesn't happen. It, it, uh, it's a yeah, disappointing I, way for that that game to end. Talking about hearing conversations, though, they they had them uh, wired up pretty good, mic'd up pretty good in the men's game uh, on Monday. I feel like you could hear everything that the officials were saying. Uh, there was one face-off even where they they were like a little slow getting them down, and and they, you know, they, both guys went down, and the ref came over and was like, "You guys okay? Sorry about this. We you all right? You're we're gonna go in a minute." It was. I was. I, I can't believe I'm hearing all this. That was. That was actually interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, I guess that. Did uh, you notice before before we move on? Well, to that, yeah. Did you yeah. notice? Did, did you notice a? Uh, did you notice a, a New Hampshire uh, uh, link to the the officials in the in the men's game? I did not. I did not. And maybe that's a good thing. I didn't notice the officials other than <laughs> the, you know, hearing hearing them their uh, side conversations. What was the New Hampshire link we had uh, with the uh, We had, we had Tim McCaffrey, Tim McCaffrey working, uh, working the bench. He did the bench for, uh, for the semifinals and the finals out there. He was, he was working there. So uh, it's neat, neat to see Tim uh, working or coach uh, Mr. McCaffrey working the, uh, working the games and 
Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, that we that there was that connection there. This is the point where uh, where we usually uh, I, I read off the top ten poll and then uh, then I read off my top ten poll in that order. We've gotten that straightened out now. Uh, <laughs> and this week uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll admit I was wrong. I'm gonna eat a little crow here. Uh, first, uh, let's see, here here is the uh, the coaches poll at the top ten. Actually, it was a top 11 uh, for this week. Uh, so we had it again at number one, oh, one through four. Uh, again, Bishop Girton, Exeter, Pinkerton, and Londonderry. And then this is where it starts to get interesting. Uh, you had Winniconnet moving up uh, to number five in the poll. Uh, Bedford actually stayed at, at six, um, you know, which is kind of interesting to see everybody else moving around. And, uh, and they still, you know, come in at that number six spot. Uh, Portsmouth dropped down from five to seven. Nashua South moved up from 9 to 8. Dairyfield dropped. They were in a, uh, a tie for 7th with Winnicott. moved down to 9. And then we actually had a tie for 10th for between uh, Hollis Brookline and Wyndham, which uh, just interesting. I think we settled, I think we settled <laughs> that tie yesterday. <laughs> I think we did too, uh, a little rather emphatically. Uh, so my my poll for this week, um, kind of similar. I, I, I Well, actually, no, it's not now that I look at it. <laughs> I I did have the same top four, uh, BG, Exeter, Pinkerton, Londonderry, uh, and I I you really shook up the bottom part of my poll here. Um, you know I put Nashua South at number five, I had Winnicott at six, Portsmouth seven, uh, Derryfield eight, Bedford nine, and then I had Campbell at ten, and uh, I you know I'm gonna I'm, I I'd said a couple weeks ago you asked me why I was putting Campbell in ahead of Hollis Brookline, even though Hollis Brookline beat him twice in the first week of the season. I said well. Strength of schedule, you know that kind of stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I'm gonna say next week, um, Hollis Brookline is gonna be in my poll after watching what they did to Wyndham um, on Monday. Wow! Just for the record, for the listeners out there, I've had Hollis in my <laughs> poll every week. I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling I'm voting in the poll, but I've had them in the poll every week, and and we're gonna. I, I knew they were good. So they're, they're, you don't need to yell at me. They, nope, just in. just me. This one, yeah, this one just goes to me. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'll have to be careful the next uh, the next Hollis game. I mean, I'll have to I'll have to wear a different mask or something. I mean, we might as well we might as well talk about it. Well, 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 we've got it. There. Absolutely. I mean, I mean incredible, cause... incredible showing. Um, you know, from you know, I think, you know, and and rightfully, I mean, you know, people people said it. You know, it, it would Hollis be able to step up? You know, after after playing a relatively light schedule through no fault of their own, right? That's yep. what the yep. pandemic did. You know, and that's who they could only play the teams that were put in front of them. Um, but I think there were some people that were worried. It's like, you know, Wyndham's a pretty physical team. They've got they've got some great players. They've got Nate Levine and Alex Alex Ryan and Sawyer Hall. You know, are they gonna be able to, you know, when they when they get punched in the mouth, are they gonna be able to respond to that? And boy did they ever yesterday. Um, you know, Joe, who were some of the guys for Hollis that kind of stood out for you? I mean, who who didn't? I honestly no, there were right? they looked so good across the board. Um I mean, but but I mean the guys you kinda look at first, um, I think are are, are Joe O'Reilly and uh, Hunter Hudsick and uh Yep. Ethan Bender, um, all three of them, I believe. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I'm blanking on the guy's first name. Last name is Roy. Uh, I will find his first name though. Apologize, uh, but I believe each of them had four, three or four goals um, each in this game. Um, Jacob Roy, there we go. Uh, those four uh, really led their offense, and then you had um, Scott Walsh played a great game in goal. Um, you know, it was a four-four game uh, at the end of the first quarter. And uh, and he gave up five the rest of the way, um, which I think 
you know, against against a team like Wyndham that 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 can score. That, you know, that like you said, the three guys you mentioned um, can do a ton of scoring, um, and and to hold them to five, you know, over the final three quarters, I thought was was a tremendous effort. And then um, that was a, that was kind of the thing with 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 Hollis's offense was that you know they they there wasn't any one guy that was kind of the go-to guy. It was really well balanced. It was um, you know whoever was in the whoever had the shot. Um, you know they were making the extra pass when they needed to, and uh, and what really stung in, in that late in that game was was just you know as it's getting later and later and Wyndham needs needs the ball back they're trying to press out and and Hollis was just fine in the open lanes and you know when they were able to score um, I think it was it was ten five at halftime actually I want to I want to go way back uh, before I get to that because this is this went through my mind while I was watching that game of course. Uh, you know, Hollis has a, a new coach this year in, in Dom St. Laurent, who, uh, you know, we all, we all remember him from uh, some very successful uh, Bishop Girton teams earlier in the, the 2010s. Um, you know, they, uh, late in the first quarter, they're down 4-3. Uh, Wyndham turns the ball over, and, and Hollis is trying to get the ball up the field, but, you know, it looks like it's going to be kind of a futile effort. Uh, 20 seconds left, and he takes, and, and Dom calls a timeout. And uh, and I started thinking to myself, you know, they're not really in a position right now where it looks like they're going to score. But it remind it made me think, you know, who else probably would have taken a timeout in this spot? I'm going to guess Coach Cameron. I think yeah, it seemed like a very uh, a very Coach Cameron move. Uh, and <laughs> sure sure enough, uh, Hollis gets the ball downfield and they scored with with 10 seconds left in the quarter to tie it at four. Uh, you know, they twenty want, seconds is a lot of time. They it do is a lot with twenty seconds. It is, you, you know, the way, but the way that that I'm, there were I, so where I was on the sideline, I was surrounded by quite a few parents, and many of them were like, "Why are you calling a timeout there?" Uh, so that was, yeah, I, I wanted, I made a mental note of that one. Um, yeah, like I said, ten five going into halftime, and then uh, just kind of a, it was, it was things kind of hit a lull there. I think uh, early third quarter. And then just, um, you know, really a, a situation you, you hate to see in a playoff game, um, you know, where, where Hollis's uh, Colin Corbin got hurt uh, kind of in a, in a scrum for, for a ground ball and, and hurt his ankle. Um, unfortunately, they, you know, I actually had to, to get an ambulance out there and, and, and take him uh, off the field. Um, and it looked like it, it had a little bit of effect on, on the Cavaliers. You know, Wyndham was able to come back, make it 10-8. And uh, it was thirteen nine. It was twelve ten at one point too. Uh, no, it was it was uh, it got Just to ten eight. Uh, ten eight thirteen nine um, was what it was uh, early in the fourth quarter. Um, gotcha. Well, that's yeah, an impressive yeah. finish. I mean, if it was early in the fourth quarter, that that's an impressive finish to the game there to finish that yeah, off like so that. A five zero run to end the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I I came away really impressed with with Hollis and. Um, you know they go to play uh, Keen on on uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, who they did play during the regular season and uh, beat them, beat them fifth, fifteen to two. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah, fifteen to yep. two uh, yep. back in so, the end of April. That'll be a good test. Sets up, uh, you know, not you know. I think you know if, if Timberlane handles business against against Alburn against you know an Alburn team there, um, you know that'll that'll be in a that'll be an interesting game. They'll have to go. Hollis, I believe, has to go yeah, to they Timberlane would. again. So they would. You know, if if Alburn uh, if that Alburn Timberlane game, if Timberlane takes care of business, you know, you know Hollis will have to. 
continue being road warriors there and uh, head out to Timberlane. It'll be a good matchup there. You know, Timberlane uh, as a as an excellent goaltender and, and really good defense. Um, but it's there. Hollis is going to be a tough team to stop. They're well balanced. Coach St. Lawrence got, uh, you know, they're they're all like you said, they're all sharing the ball. It's not necessarily shutting down one guy. It's, uh, you know, they, they find who's open and they react to what the defense is doing right now. So they're going to be they'll be a tough out. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are team five in that region. So even even coming out of the region they're they're if they were to get out of the region, they're, they're going to have to go on the road probably. Uh, actually, yeah, because the other that that region matches up with region three and uh, the the fifth team in that one got not it was Kennett and they got knocked out by Hanover yesterday. So, yeah, Hollis is uh, is going to be on the road from here on out. All right. So, uh, you know, do you want to stick on on yeah. the boys side? We yeah, really didn't have we just, we, we didn't have any D1 or or D3 games. No, just we D2. just had yep. just D2. The, the rest of the rest of D1 and uh, D3 get started on Thursday here. But, uh, you know, we had some other we had some other good matchups. Um, Hanover and Kennett played each other. They battled. Uh, I want to say I believe that was an eight, eight five yep, eight final. five win by Hanover. Yep, Hanover gets done business there, so they advance and they take on they'll take on Bo, the the team one in the region there. So they'll travel to Bo, and you've got Kingswood and Merrimack Valley. Kingswood's a team that I'm I'm really intrigued by right now. You know they they you know they, you had some callers call. Why aren't we covering Kingswood <laughs> more, right? Well, we're, they're going to get their due over the next couple next couple games here if they take care of business. We're going right, to yeah. you know we, they've got some they've got some good players. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they match up, um, especially if they can, if they get either Bo or, um, uh, hand over there, like we, like we talked about, um, you know, coach said they, they've got some guys, uh, David, David Ekstrom at the midfield. He's got 38 goals and 16 wow. assists on the season, having an incredible season yeah. there. Um, who else am I looking at here? Uh, Nick Potenza on attack, 26 goals, 13 assists and, uh, Liam Davey. 13 goals and four assists. So in a shortened season, you know, that's, that's fairly impressive there. Um, so they've, they've got some guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. And then, uh, you know, coach gave me two guys and, and Carter Morrissey and um, uh, Bailey Savage, who, uh, who, who we thinks are uh, pretty good defenders there. So, you know, it could be, could be Kingswood coming out of that bracket there. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that one shakes out um, again, because those are just because of, um, you know the way this has gone with without teams traveling too too much. We don't. I mean, I know you're you you're familiar with Hanover, haven't played them. Uh, yeah. But but everybody else is kind of a to me at least is a little bit of a mystery there. You know, and shout out to Hanover for for getting it done. They um, their their starting goaltender who was a little bit green to begin with this year, but was a senior. He uh, he he was unavailable. He had a, he had his COVID shot and it, it hit him pretty oh, hard, no. and he was unable to play. Uh, I hope I didn't just violate any HIPAA laws. There, oh, but, uh, he, just, he was unable. He was unable uh, to play in that game, and uh, they had a. Uh, I think it was a freshman step in for the first time wow. who really hadn't played any goalie and was still able. To, so they were still able to eke out an eight-five win there. So you know, a great job by by Coach Gardner up there, and uh, you know, move on in advance, right? At this in the yeah, playoffs, absolutely. it's all about getting the W. Yeah. So um, congrats to them. You know, another uh, another game. I think uh, you you saw firsthand um, with with your Dairyfield uh, boys beating up Goffs down there um, in a game that you told me was um, was much closer than <laughs> the score indicated. There, uh, yeah. I mean, within within reason. You know, it was a, it was a competitive game back right, and forth. Right. Um, we actually hit a lot of pipes to begin with in that in that game. 
Um, Grady Creasian from, uh, from Goffstown and net played really well, made some really good saves on that game. Um, you know, and it was just one of the, it was just one of those games where we had to be very methodical and we continued to work and, and grind and play good defense. And, um, you know, we were slowly able to break, break the game open and, and, and get it the way we want to go. But, uh, you know, coach Lawson did a really good job of, of building his team. He had a, a fairly young team this year. Um, and trying to trying to get them to buy into a, a style of play and a, and a culture that's going to take some time. You know, um, Josh Lewis was was there for a long time and was really successful. And um, you know, and it's never easy when you have a new coach come in. But uh, Coach Lawson did a nice job with those guys this year. Um, they've got a they've got a faceoff uh, guy in Bobby Schaefer who, who's going to be a good player for them going forward. Um, you know, so it was a, it was a I, good win for us. We're happy to move on. Um, but, you know, it, it was a, a good season for Goffstown as well. It's just a shame that, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of the, you know, kind of like Wyndham and Hollis and, and Portsmouth and Winnicott. It's a shame that yeah, we had to play in right. the uh, in the first round there and Absolutely. maybe not in the quarterfinals. You know, and, and I, I, w- I will say there, too, I, I understood what you meant by saying it was, a you know, I mean, it, it's very easy to for a game to go you know, it looked like it's a lopsided score, but if you've, you know, if you've got both teams doing everything right and one is just scoring and the other one isn't, I mean, that's kind of what, what I interpreted it to meant when you, when you said that. And that's just it. I think, I, I think I told you when, when, you know, my, we, we stuck, normally I've been rotating goalies all season and we started, we started Ryan Caparelli and uh, you know, with the intention of, of possibly switching and, play, and playing other goalies in the game, but he was playing so well and it was, you know, potentially, we didn't know at the time, but it was potentially our last game on the turf. Um, there and it, and it does with Portsmouth winning it will be we, we, we will no matter what happens in the next couple of rounds it will be our last home game so it was nice to, to keep him in there and and that's what I mean Goffstown had some quality opportunities to make this game closer he just he just played really well yesterday and so uh, you know I was really happy to see see him him get the W there and play well so you guys move on to play uh, uh, Manchester United there uh, on, on Wednesday and then uh... Man, you. <laughs> the other side of your uh, your bracket uh, has another game that I think is is I'm I'm pretty intrigued by this. Uh, and if it wasn't in Peterborough, I might uh, I'm you know well of course it would the other it's either going to be in Peterborough or in Pembroke, but and, and both of those it wasn't are supposed good to be in Peterborough. They actually had to trade. They actually had to trade venues. That's... They had to switch switch team right. numbers because okay. of a, a field conflict issue there. Okay, so. I was going to say I thought this was. Did it come? Was it announced as different? As it was announced okay. as different. It was originally Pembroke's home game, so and, and I, due to some field conflicts, right. they had to they had to flip I they had to flip and trade uh, venues there. So it's disappointing for the Pembroke kids, yeah, but they've they've yeah. had a great season. Um, Coach McNamara out in Conval has done a nice job with with that team. Uh, his son Ronan plays on the team. Um, you know they they've done a really good job. They worked hard, played indoor all season long, and you know Pembroke's got some got some really good guys too um you know looking at uh looking at some of their players this year uh Hayden Gooden on on defense had a you know he's had 10 goals in two assists 46 ground balls from the defensive end of the field so you know a threat (laughs) all over the field uh Jack Schaefer at midfield 38 goals 13 assists um you know and uh Coach O'Brien's son, the assistant coach, uh, Sean O'Brien there, Gavin O'Brien, having a very nice year as a junior on attack, 17 goals, 16 assists. So, you know, pretty, really well balanced there. And uh, they've got a goaltender, and Adam Unmendenson had 85 85 saves, uh, 61% on the season, playing really well as a senior. So it's a a group of kids that have been together for a long time. And, uh, 
you know, I think I think Pembroke's going to be a tough out for there too. If they if they're able to, uh, if Conville is able to get them, they're going to earn it because I think it's yeah. a it's a Pembroke team that's hungry. Uh, and then uh, the the last region, Region Four, we actually had two uh, two games yesterday, or excuse me, on Monday. Um, we'll, we'll save the 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 big one for last. But you had uh, St. Thomas beating Cole Brown thirteen to nine in the the one playing game. Uh, and so St. Thomas moves on to play Oyster River in the next round. Um, Should be a really good matchup. Yeah. They played they played two really close. You know, in the, you know, in the saying, it's tough to beat a team three times right. too. And uh, you know, Coach Willihan always has always has good game plans. You know, he'll have something dialed up. And uh, but I but you know, Coach Coach Haley's had a really good year too. And uh, you know, I saw and that that's a that'll be one to watch tomorrow that that that'll be a i think you know out of out of a lot of the uh the games that are going to take place in d2 tomorrow i think that that one has potential to, to be a nail biter there uh of course uh i think the game that a lot of people were anticipating and and uh you know from what i saw on social media we're talking about uh you had portsmouth and winniconnet uh unfortunately um playing in a in one of these round one games and uh, Portsmouth coming back uh, in the fourth quarter for an eight-seven win over Winnicott. Um, I, you know, I know, I know we had to do things a certain way this year because of the, you know, you know, still worrying about a little about you know the pandemic and and just you know plans were put in place before you know all these th- things started to be loosened up and all that. But man, to have have what was arguably one of the, the three best teams in the division out in the first round. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how you can look at that and say that, yeah, this was a good bracket. That That's, that's one that I think a lot of people are, are, are really struggling with. Yeah. And it, it's a shame that that game have to happen so early because it had, it had a, a finals semifinals, you know, atmosphere to a great crowd last night. Uh, you know, and I, I was, our game had finished up and I was kind of following it. On, on Twitter as it was unfolding and then got to see some video afterwards. I mean, and all the stars showed up, you know, the guys that, the guys that, you know, you would expect and, you know, Jack Ellis and, and Ben Chase and uh, you know, Cole Fisher and some of the guys for, from, from when it kind of the, the names that you would expect to show up and, and score did, you know, Zach Amend and, and Michael uh, Durkin, um, you know, guys, guys like that for, for Portsmouth all, all stepped up and, you know, got the job done. Uh, Michael O'Neill, you know, some of these guys that, you know, consistently, you know, maybe they weren't big names coming into the season, but they, they have stepped up and, um, you know, they found a Portsmouth found a way again to, to get, to get the W um, crazy, crazy finish. I don't know how many, how many people have seen it, but I, I got, uh, I got sent the last about minute, minute and a half of that game and just, uh, you know, just unbelievable back and forth teams trying to kill the clock and, you know, it looks like the game's over, and then it goes back the other way. And and Winnicott has a has a, a, a great opportunity at the end of the game to try and tie it up, and just it's the heartbreaking way for for the for that game to finish. And you know, it was almost one that you know you just you wanted to see it keep being played, yeah, because it was yeah. just such a good game. Yeah. Uh, so with the win, Portsmouth moves on to uh, to play Spalding in the next round uh, at Spalding on on Wednesday. Um, it still says a five o'clock start here, but I just want to check and make sure that's right because I thought I got an email. Uh, I have the, I think the bracket I'm showing shows a three thirty. Three thirty, yeah. That I think they changed that one. Um, yeah, yeah you're, that is a three thirty start tomorrow at Spalding, or on on Wednesday. Uh, we got Oyster River and St. Thomas at six, Merrimack Valley and Kingswood at six, 
uh, Bowen Hanover at five o'clock, the Conval Pembroke games at five o'clock, Derryfield Man U five o'clock, uh, Alvern and Timberland going at four thirty. Yeah, same with must uh, be a, 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 a region one yeah. thing. Keenan Keen Hollis also, <laughs> also going at also four thirty start there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those games are all on Wednesday. Uh, Correct. So, and this is another thing I don't quite understand. Um, so Division Two, you guys will have played two playoff games before Division One or Division Three uh, play one game. I, I found it weird that we were forced to play on Memorial Day. Yet the way it's set up, you could have had it on Tuesday, Thursday, right, Saturday, right. and everybody has a day in between. I mean, not going to complain about getting the extra. You know, if you're a team that wins, you're not going to complain about getting the extra two days to prepare and rest. But I mean, I think a lot of teams were not thrilled with, yeah. you know, having to play a game on, on the long weekend there. And, you know, not that people were probably traveling far away, but it would have been nice to, uh, I would, I would have liked to gone down to Connecticut and gone, gone and seen the finals. There in you person. Go. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I, I know. I mean, I, I've been doing this up here. Um, my first Memorial day was probably 2006 up here. And I, I don't remember ever having anything ever been on at least not not an NHIA event. Um, I've been told there have been NHIA events on on Memorial Day in the past. I, I think it's okay. been rare, but there have been. I was told that this was not a uh, unprecedented thing that the NHIA it was, has done uh, this in the it past. It was in 1930 uh, before Memorial, <laughs> Memorial Day existed, and it was only baseball. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know that for sure. That was I could totally just made that up. Um, so again, Thursday's games. Um, you got uh, in D one. You got Salem at Pinkerton, uh, Concord at Sauhegan, uh, Dover at Merrimack, and Nashua North at Bishop Girton. Um, the game that probably two game two of those games I, I'm I'm interested in. Um, I, I mean, I, the Pinkerton and BG um, they both were able to handle their opponents pretty easily in the in the regular season. Um, the other two games, uh, Concord and Sauhegan played twice I this think year. Potentially really good games. Yeah, I, yeah. I think those. I think those two. I think that both. You know, Sauhegan and Concord. I think they're both going into those games thinking that they can win that. I think it'd be even more interesting had Concord gotten the two seed and Sauhegan having to travel up to the <laughs> uh, travel up to the <laughs> to the, the, the fields of Concord up there. Um, but uh, you know, that, I think that'll be a good game. And then uh, Dover, you know, Dover and Dover and Merrimack. Merrimack you know. Dover was playing, you know, Merrimack's playing. They've, they've been playing well this season, but Dover gave Portsmouth uh, two really good games last week. Right. So, um, you know, interested to see how that one plays out as well. Yeah, so those are uh, those are the Thursday games in D1. Uh, the winner is Salem, Salem Pinkerton, uh, then goes to play Londonderry on Saturday. Uh, winner of Concord, Sauhegan, plays Bedford on Saturday. Uh, winner of Dover Merrimack goes to play Exeter, and then uh, winner of BG and North plays Nashua South uh, also on Saturday. So um, some interesting quarterfinals, um, I think, two potential quarterfinals as well. Um, and then in uh, and then D three, uh, you've got uh, in in Region one, uh, Pelham at Milford and Campbell at Trinity, uh, it, it both uh, Thursday games. Uh, Region two, you got Monadnock at Kearsarge. Region three, you got Bishop Brady at Hopkinton, and uh, Region four, two games: Interlakes Moultonboro at Plymouth, and uh, Laconia at Guilford. Uh, what what kind of jumps out to you there? I I think I might know where you go with this one, but but what do you jump? What jumps out to you in, in D three? I mean, if I was a report, if I was a reporter, <laughs> I, I'm I'm 
I'm at Trinity. I'm in I'm in Manchester on Thursday at five o'clock. That that's where I am. I'm at the I, turf. I think that's on, where on I'm going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think again. You know, I don't I don't know if Brady Watts is is healthy. Um, we're we're hoping that he is because I think that game has a lot more intrigue if if he's facing off for Trinity there. Um, but still, a Trinity team that's that's perfectly capable of getting it done. Um, you know, again, kind of like a like a Portsmouth win a cut it where you wish it was happening a little bit yeah, a little bit absolutely. later. Um, you know, uh, and, and at least in the semifinals or or maybe the court, maybe even the quarters. You know, I think that one that one will be an interesting game. Um, you know, and then I, I I do like I do like that Guilford Laconia game as well. Right. I think that game's got potential to be to be a good one there. I know they've I, I believe they've played each other a couple times well, they, this i season. think they played like 10 times this season <laughs> <laughs> or so, it felt like it at least looking at their schedules so it'll be making so it'll be interesting to see coaching adjustments there i think the other thing that jumps out to me about this bracket is it, it's disappointing one that uh, uh trinity and campbell are playing right away and then two the winner that comes out of that bracket will likely play uh you know possibly hockeyton in, in the semifinals yeah, yeah. and instead of the instead of the finals um you know I think, uh, you know, the other thing, the other thing we were looking at there is the winner of Hopkinton and Bishop Brady were saying that the answer to the trivia question of when Hillsborough Deering may, may host their first playoff game. You know, I, I, I'm hoping that coach Rover and his team have recovered up there, but we're hearing that that numbers have been kind of low because of injuries and other things. So hopefully, hopefully they do get to host that game there. Um, so yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be very unfortunate if that were, yeah. were the case. Yeah. But uh, you know, speaking of speaking of numbers though, and low number, you know, very impressed with uh, you know Manadnock and how they were able to get through the season. I know they they were a little bit low on numbers this year. I think at one point, I think they started the season. I want to say with like twelve guys, and wow. and you know they've they've been able to navigate the season. They've gotten some wins and uh, you know um, get a chance get a chance to go up against Kearsarge. So all those uh, the winners from Thursday uh, then move on to play Saturday in the uh, in the quarterfinals. Uh, and, and don't forget, we will have a, uh, a recap and a look ahead to the semis uh, actually for you next Tuesday. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you. Uh, so we'll, we'll go over uh, all the results from, uh, from those games. Uh, and then on the girls' side, you've also got uh, quarterfinal games uh, in D1 and D3 coming up on Wednesday. And then uh, prelims in D2. They're, uh, they've got an extra round in D2, uh, kind of like the boys do. Um, so... You know they've got uh, a few more games to go, um, but you know, looking at um, anything in the girls D one side jump out to you. I mean, if I'm looking at the teams that advanced, it seems pretty much like you know you can't go by their team number, but you, you know, kind of right. yeah. To me, it kind of went as kind of expected. I think for the for the most part, um, you know, the, the big game that that a lot of people probably were looking at uh, was was that Bedford Sauhegan game, and and you mm -hmm. had Bedford winning thirteen to six in that one. Uh, at least I, I I saw two different scores on that one. I thought it was thirteen to six. Uh, the NHIA website has thirteen to three, um, but um, you know one I forget which school it was, but one of the schools tweeted out it was thirteen six. So anyway, uh, either way, Bedford winning that one. Um, the other one that kind of was eye opening to me. We also had Dover playing Merrimack uh, on the girls' side as well, and uh, Dover won that one eighteen to six, which. I mean, not you know, not no knock on on either team, but I just I thought that would be a closer game. Um, you know, just just looking at what each team had done this season. Uh, so congrats to Dover on the on the big win there, and they they move on to play Exeter in tomorrow or Wednesday's quarterfinals. 
but yeah, you're right. I, I, outside of that, it was kind of, you know, kind of what I expected. Um, I did uh, make it over to the uh, BG South uh, prelim that BG won uh, 18 to two. And uh, you know, if anyone was wondering if uh, if the Cardinals were gonna uh, be ready to go to start the playoffs, uh, I think the answer to that question was yes. Um, <laughs> it, it was not even five minutes into the game; it was already five nothing. Um, you know, there's about 12, a little more than 12 minutes left in the first half. It was 10 nothing. Um, you know, South, you know, they fought back. They did what they could. Um, they had a couple stretches there late in the first half, early in the second half, you know, where they, they got their two goals. They were able to keep the ball uh, on offense for a little while. They won some draws. Uh, but just you, they just did not have enough to, to keep up. Um, kind of a scary moment there for South, too, where um, – you had Olivia Johnson uh, get hurt early in the second half there, uh, went down with what looked like a knee injury. It sounded like they were, you know, hopeful that it wasn't too serious afterwards, um, but obviously that's, you know, the kind of thing you won't you don't find out for for a couple days, maybe even a week or so. Um, so hopefully she's all right, uh, is able to uh, get back on the field real soon. Um, but I, I think for South, there's actually, you know, a lot for them to like there. Um, you know, they, they've really focused uh i think on the defensive end uh to improve there this year um and and there were some improvements uh and they only graduate three kids uh two of which were were um kids for, that had played basketball that decided to come out for lacrosse this year uh so they have a large group of kids coming back uh and you got to just imagine that they you know one more year under their belts and they're going to be that much better they will they will for sure yeah um Anything else? So looking ahead. So uh, the uh, the big, I, I think the big quarterfinal that, that everybody's, I mean, three of them are, um, you know, matchups that in the regular season were a little one-sided. Um, yeah. But the big one, I think, is uh, Londonderry at Pinkerton um, tomorrow afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. Uh, those teams played just like we talked about it, played last week, the end of regular season, and they, they about, split you know, those how games. Much, how many of your cards are you actually going right, to show, yeah. you know, in that game? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, um, that's kind of the, the quarterfinal I'd have my eye on. And then of course, all these teams then play in the, uh, semifinals on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, like I said, division two, um, they, uh, got underway, uh, in some of the regions on Monday. Um, but everyone gets going on Wednesday with the prelims. Um, you know, probably not too sure what the, I mean, a lot of these games, Again, no real shockers yeah. coming out of no real shockers coming yeah. out of what I mean. Ports, Portsmouth advanced as expected over Co Brown, uh, and you had uh, you had Kingswood Kingswood advancing over Kennett yeah. Um, there. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, those those teams play in the prelims. Their quarterfinals will then be Saturday, and then the winners of the quarterfinals then go on to play Monday in the semis, uh, and their final is Wednesday. So they got a busy busy schedule there in D two. Uh, a lot lot going on in the last week and a half here for them. Uh, and then in uh, in Division Three, um, I, I think we'll just jump right to the the game that that I mean maybe maybe the game of the year. I, I know I've used that term a lot uh, or throughout the season, but I think I we think, can call I it the game of the year yeah, in Division yeah. in Division Three girls. You know, yeah, I, I think that's fair to say right now. <laughs> we'd wondered, uh, you know, I think we talked about it last week. You know, having um, arguably three of the better teams in the division in the same region. Uh, in St. Thomas, Derryfield, and Bow, um, really a tough break for for those teams, I think. Uh, and then to open it up, you had Derryfield going to Bow, 
and uh, and winning nine eight in four overtimes. Yeah, that's just, four, just four unbel- overtimes. Unbelievable game. I, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a three overtime game. No, um, you know I I definitely I certainly haven't not on the girls side. Um, you know, but just just a tremendous tremendous effort from uh, really really proud of, of of my Berryfield girls there. Uh, Shauna Lemery's and Net just stepped up all game long, made just uh, unbelievable save after unbelievable save. Um, you know, I think uh, defensively, Lauren McLean really stepped up, uh, won some key draws for them. And then, you know, they probably arguably the the, the player, you know, I, I I don't think it's a stretch to go out on them and say, you know, the offensive player of the year and best player in the division, Lucy Licata, got it done when it when it counted. She's going to Colgate next year. She's a division one player. She gets the game winner. Um, you know, just a really hard fought game. They, they tried to shut her off all game long. You know, they were, they were playing a very physical style and uh, you know, all the credit in the world to Bo, they, they played really well, but uh, in the end, uh, the Dairyfield girls found a way to get it done. So proud of them for advancing. And uh, as a reward, they get to go out to St. Thomas <laughs> and play at St. Thomas. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess that kind of, I mean, we, we'd wondered, you know, um, you know, we, we'd seen Bo put up huge offensive numbers all year. Um, kind of wondered, you know, where, where exactly they matched up. And, um, you know, I, I think we got our answer that they were, you know, they were arguably, you know, the, one of the three best teams in the division this year, um, or, or at least within the, you know, one of the top teams in the division. And as you said, yeah, um, Derryfield gets to now go play at St. Thomas on Wednesday. Uh, St. Thomas advanced with an 18-4 win over Bishop Brady. Uh, five goals from Brooke Chandler, four goals from Megan Leahy, three goals from Sarah Leahy, uh, just right on down the line for for St. Thomas. I, I mean, you know, this is this is one um, that you know I kind of wish it, it was flipped and this game was at Dairy Field because uh, really, um, you know, tough tough uh, get trying to get out there to to Dover to see this one. Um, but I think. This is Four o'clock be, start too. Yeah, they, had to, yeah. they had to move it up. Had to move it up a little bit. Um, they got some, you know. They're. I think they're. They're. Uh, they've got. Uh, they've got some stuff going on on their turf too. So we were able to move that game up to four o'clock. Uh, should be. Should be a great one. I mean, they played two really good games during the regular season, um, and uh, you know, looking looking for for a close one there. So, hope again, fingers crossed. But you know, I'm just. I'm going to be a homer right now and wish my girls good luck. <laughs> they've, they've been working hard, and so. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, then the rest of, um, you know, the rest of the, the read or the bracket there, you had region one, uh, Pelham with a, a 19, nine win over Milford and Campbell with a 19, eight win over Trinity. So those two teams will meet actually at Campbell, uh, since they are, they're team three and Pelham's team four. Uh, they play in the, the quarterfinals, uh, Wednesday, uh, Hopkinton actually advanced uh, because the Hillsboro Deering girls uh, withdrew from the tournament, um, and then on the other side you had Lebanon beating Kearsarge. So that, so Hopkinton to play Lebanon, Lebanon, excuse me, uh, on Wednesday, uh, and then the other um, other region you had Laconia knocking off Plymouth 11-6, and Guilford beat Interlakes Moultonboro 11-7. So Laconia, Laconia and Guilford meet in the other quarterfinal. And then again, all those teams uh, that win the quarterfinals advance to the semis on Saturday. So I think we're uh, we're looking at a, a quite a, a couple of great days of uh, of lacrosse here between now Absolutely. and the next time it's, we talk. It's coming. It's coming fast. I mean, as as much as we you know have said that we're looking forward to the playoffs, we enjoy it while it's here because it's it's Absolutely. going quick. 
any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up for the for uh, this week? No, I just wish, uh, like we said, we had so many good games to open up uh, the the playoffs here. I I hope it continues, and I hope uh, you know we get some good games at the end, and we're not we're not seeing them all now. That's the unfortunate part about the the unbalanced or the random draw to the tournament is that you're you're getting great games early on where you might normally get blowouts, but does that mean that we're going to end up getting some some semifinals and finals that maybe aren't as good as what we're used to? I hope not. Uh, um, yeah, I hope not know, too. But uh, but we shall see. All right, he is the uh, Dairyfield AD and voice lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Always a pleasure, Joe. Looking forward to the next one. And I am uh, Joe Marcellina. Good luck to everyone uh, over the next couple of days, and we will talk to you uh, on Tuesday next week.